This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us at the top end of the hour in studio this morning, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And thanks so much for coming in. Just want to let our listeners know, big show today. Shortly, uh, about 9.15, 9.20-ish, Lou Lamarillo, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, looking uh, thrilled to be able to talk to him. And in the bottom end of the hour, former Minnesota North Star and American hockey legend Henry Boucher. Certainly looking forward to that uh, that discussion as well. But Butch, uh, we, haven't, uh, we haven't talked to you in a while. We're good to see you. Uh, we got to catch up a little bit of basketball. But I know uh, you've been heavily involved in the Canadian Basketball League, and uh, and I was actually watching uh, watching a bit of the game uh, last night. I know it was uh, it was a taped game, but uh, the Canadian Basketball League can be found on Channel Nine Yes TV, uh, and it's a it's a, it's a league that you've put together. Uh, so bring us up to speed on the Canadian Basketball League, your accomplishments, and uh, positive direction you're 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 headed in. Well, it's always uh, tough to put together a league. Um... We got over one of our basic hurdles was <clears throat> you need gym dates and uh, gym and the way that's done in Canada is permits. So um, we were played an unbalanced schedule this year, and the play has been very good. Uh, I always understood that if my league was smaller, I could inject more talent in a smaller league than dispersing it across. If you had ten or fifteen teams, um, the most important thing was to launch the league. Uh, we made the decision to allocate a lot of dollars to uh, having a TV broadcast. We were fortunate that Yes TV agreed to partner with us on a 10-year contract. Um, we believe that the production of uh, Game of the Week for CBL has been outstanding. We also have two other products, which is CBL and 30, which what I did was take a look at Blue Jays and 30, which I love as a snippet, you know, uh, more of an appetizer so people you know aren't tied up for two hours um the reach numbers on the combination of cbl and 30 which comes on at 6 30 on saturday night the game of the week comes on at eight o'clock and then we run cbl and 30 uh post game of the game that ran that night out in uh in alberta the numbers have been uh very well received our reach numbers are over the hundred thousand number we actually uh put our numbers of our first six games into a report that was done by Yahoo on the audience numbers for the last quarter of 2016. And our six games all would rank in the top 35 sports audiences of the last quarter of 2016. Yeah, that's that's great, uh, Butch. 
The next step for you guys, you have four teams in the league right now. What's the next step? The next step is probably to franchise off a couple of the teams and sell them in communities because it's hard for me to be in four places, right? Our staffs, the coaching staffs have done an outstanding job, but you want to be hyper-local. So you want to have a, a local owner in Hamilton or a local owner in Guelph or a local owner in Durham. So I think, you know, that we'd like to get two sold. We have a fifth location where we'd like to put a fifth team. Um, and that would be the plans for the second year. I, I worked mostly, most of yesterday uh, with a sponsorship package. Then when I, 18 months when I went to the uh, agencies, uh, they basically said, we don't know what your product looks like. You know, so now we've got lots of, lots of video to show them what our product looks like. Uh, we really have had no negative effects. The players have been outstanding, outstanding citizens in our Read to Lead program where every Tuesday we're in an elementary or junior high school uh, for about two hours with the kids. Uh, that's worked very well. So the, the issue for us uh, is we've got to staff up so that people local can help us drive the value, which they would be better at than me. And then I can come in and support them where they need it. Um, but it, for it to go to a high level, it needs local local ownership. Now, you followed the NBA lately, have you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's discuss the Raptors and Cleveland. And First of all, are, with all the changes that the Raptors made, and if they get Lowry back in time, do they have a shot of challenging Cleveland? Well, I, I'd say yes, because uh, last time you guys had me on, um, they were struggling because Casey was being forced to play Young players who were not ready to compete at at the uh, at playoff level, and I always said Casey finds a way to work it out. Right now, he needs some practice time because there's probably ten or fifteen possessions a game right now that the two guys they they acquired don't know what the play is. It's really a Demar, Demar Derozan show. They've won, I believe, five out of seven without mm-hmm. Lowry, which is very good. They've had a really tough road schedule, bouncing around from city to city. And, with no consistency, I, th- I still think they're on the road. But I think without a doubt, uh, Serge Ibaka is a player uh, in energy and skill that has not been around here since Chris Bosh. Um, you have to be disappointed in, in Valashunas. Um, Valashunas, especially last night in the Milwaukee game, he's got a rookie player on him that can't defend him, uh, but he's so left shoulder, right hand, that he isn't effective. And, and the fact that he cannot run the floor in on missed shots, uh, in other words, uh, Toronto rebounds the ball, Valashunas, those would be his opportunities because on made shots, they're going to call a play, and the ball's going to go through DeRozan. So, uh, you know, in my opinion, they are they are feeling the pain of, of not developing uh, JV uh, well enough. I don't think the matchup of Sigma with him is the proper matchup. Um, it should be where someone is teaching him between the free throw lines, you're sprinting or you're sitting beside Coach Casey uh, because that's when he's going to be most effective because the way Casey has the offense set up, especially when Kyle coming back, it's a one-two punch. So on made shots coming down, his opportunities to score are going to be less and less. When Lowry comes back, is there enough room for the three of them to have the ball? Well, <clears throat> there there is there's not enough room except things work – the NBA now has added 15 possessions to the game, the way people are playing faster and playing smaller. So the extra 15 possessions, um, Ibaka, because he's so smart, is going to be in possessions. He's going to get his shots. He knows how to screen. He knows how to roll. Um, you know, I think that, you know, Tucker is the key. 
Tucker has got the responsibility now to guard the toughest wing players in the East. Now, historically, in Phoenix, he did that, but Phoenix was losing. So he got a different whistle from the officials, I believe. It's really what the officials, how the officials are going to let him guard. The really good players, how they're going to let him guard Chicago, Indiana, Cleveland. If they allow him to guard the way he guarded uh, Carmelo Anthony in New York, their probability of being successful goes goes way up. But we saw last night when DeMarc got put on the, the Greek freak, he didn't guard him at all. And uh, that's always been their Achilles heel. Poor wing defense by uh, DeMar. He, you can't put your all-star on the other team's wing all-star because he just does such a poor job right now. Tucker's extremely important, and the more time he becomes familiar, the better off he'll be. We're talking to Butch Carter. Butch, uh, uh, <laughs> thinking a little bit uh, a little bit down the road, probably about a month from now, uh, Raptors are going to be in the playoffs. Um, what do they do? What do they have to do to be successful in the playoffs? And uh, I, I, I guess the question even becomes, what defines success for this particular team um, going to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and losing to Cleveland again? Uh, I don't know if that's a, a step backwards, if that's considered success. Is, is success defined only as going to the NBA Finals? And what do the what do the Raptors have to do with this particular group of players, and especially with the additions of Ibaka and Tucker? Uh, what do they have to do? I think I think success is defined in two in two two buckets. One, re-signing the players that you have that are at the end of their contract. So that would be Ibaka, Tucker, and Lowry. I think that's those would be important. Um, the second one would be getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think. That would be ex- acceptable, right? Now, how things work out. The, what they learned last year is stop playing six and seven games to get to the finals, and you're not rested, right? You're more powerful if you play a five-game series. You go four and one, right? And now we know that uh, the the two lead guys have always played excessive minutes. So the west, best way to, to rest them is get to four and oh, go four and oh, four and one, all right? They get more rest. And now the best animal gets to play against the best animal rested, all right? Let Cleveland get him be involved in those six and games, six and seven game series, but they have to become very hardened. Uh, I think they they will be. I think it's also important that Lowry gets back so that the current starting point guard Joseph is a backup. He is a really good five or six minute spurt player. He is not as good when he has to play ten minutes. Yes. What about what happens with Cleveland now? They look beatable this year for some reason, but they look beatable, and all of a sudden they get they got two injections of adrenaline. They pick up two players, Williams um, and the Australian. I don't know how he got waived and didn't go back to Golden State, but you know there must have been harsh feelings there. So now they're they're taller. They have a veteran backup, and and they know how to win. All right, they know this is the grind. These last twenty games. And they're putting a hurting on people, and they're putting a hurting on people early. And it's really important, you know. I've, I've harped on this before. But having the ability to win the first and third quarter and let your let your players rest is really important. And you just don't want to go where you, you know, the NBA game stretches the physical rubber band as, long, as far as it can go. And the more that you can compact that and give your guys some, some rest, you know, in the last 20 games in, and win because your bench is playing well. 
So right now, the, the, the Raps in Washington, they, they had a young player come off and play well and score some points. And Milwaukee, they did not. And so they need someone who they can rely on. Uh, I do believe they're a lot better team with the two guys they acquired uh, from the standpoint of who they have to defeat. Let's get to Lowry for a sec. Lowry. Sorry, I got interrupted now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to let Butch go. Uh, Butch, uh, we, we really want to thank you. We've got uh, Lou Lamorello uh, holding in the wings, and we don't want to keep him too long. Butch, you know how much we enjoy having you in here and uh, how much we, uh, we appreciate your insights into basketball. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on the Canadian Basketball League. We're going to get you back real soon, and uh, we're going to come out and watch some Canadian Basketball League. You're doing a fantastic job with that developmental league, and uh, we wish you all the best. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Yep. Thanks so much. That, of course, was former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Thanks, Thanks again, Butch. Uh, we're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Lou Lamorello. Good morning, Lou, and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's uh, my pleasure. Thanks so much, Lou. And uh, Lou, uh, we're going to try and uh, perhaps do a little bit uh, something different this morning. I know you've spent quite a bit of the week talking about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the uh, the trade deadline and the great pickups, uh, Brian Boyle and Eric Fair, and the fantastic job that you've done with the Toronto Maple Leafs, you and all of your staff and Brendan Shanahan. But we want to talk a little bit, a little bit about Lou Lamorello this morning because you are a legend in hockey, Lou, and uh, you earned almost every accolade that is available to anybody who's ever participated in uh, in hockey. You're a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame. You're a member of the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. You have trophies named after you. Uh, you're a legend in your university at Providence. But one question we want to ask you, Lou, as a young boy growing up in Rhode Island. When did you first fall in love with hockey, and what made you fall in love with hockey? Well, I'd rather talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> and, uh, and, and our players and the season, but uh, uh, I'll answer that And, and we'll get let's to that. Get over to the, let's get over to the, the Toronto. I uh, was very fortunate that I uh, had a mom and dad who was very interested in hockey, and uh, you'll be exposed to it with the Rhode Island Reds uh, in the American Hockey League when... You know, uh, I couldn't walk. And so it, it went from there, and I find myself today here in Toronto. And uh, so let's talk about Toronto. Then we'll ask you, we'll ask you, Lou, what's the, uh, what's the biggest difference between being a general manager in New Jersey and being a general manager in Toronto? Well, I, I think certainly uh, the, the amount of media coverage uh, and the amount of fan uh, sort of uh, support uh, there, there's no question. You're in an area uh, where it, it's a passion, it's a lifestyle, and, and it's just outstanding. Uh, as far as the general managership, as far as uh, the uh, responsibilities, uh, they're the same. And the only difference is you have to make sure that you don't uh, let the media or, or the fans get in the way of what you have to do uh, and what the right decisions are. And I, I've been very fortunate in both areas to be surrounded by, you know, very intelligent uh, hockey people, good people, uh, you know, who make sure you stay on the right path. Lou, uh, Austin Matthews, did you think he was this good? No, I don't think anyone thought that uh, he would be where he is today. I think everyone knew he had the potential 
Um, and the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, where he came from uh, when he was in the U.S. program uh, initially and then he went over to Switzerland, he just kept, uh, you know, sort of rising to each challenge that was given to him, uh, where I think we really recognized that, uh, you know, he was further along than we all thought was uh, in the world championships when he went with the uh, USA team, um, you know, and started off basically on the third line as a as a wing, and then by the end of the tournament uh, found himself uh, right in the forefront, uh, as he's done with us. Uh, and the great part about this young man is that he wants to be good. Uh, he wants to maximize the talents that he's been given, uh, and, you know, as a team person, you don't see him celebrating uh, at a high level after a goal. Uh, he's, he's, for me, an old-school type of pro in the modern area. Now, talking to Lou Nanny, Lou, uh, two pickups this week at the trade deadline. Brian Boyle, uh, Eric Fair, the two big pickups that are going to make a difference um, uh, in the lineup, in the current lineup. Uh, what was your thought process uh, behind uh, Brian Boyle and Eric Eric Fair, and how do the uh, how do they fit in? How do they fit into your current plan? Well, you, you, as far as uh, Brian Boyle, Boyle first, I think that uh, it was obvious that uh, we were missing something in our fourth line. I think the fourth line is a very important line for a lot of different reasons, um, and there have to, has to be certain types of pots put into that. And we were missing this type of player. Um, and yet, when we say we were missing it, we knew what our foundation as far as the process is to try and get the Maple Leaf team to be a contending team for a period of time, which means you cannot give up uh, assets, uh, you know, unless what you give up is going to be part of that future for a period, for that period that, you know, the plan that Brandon has put in place over a couple of years ago. So in, in saying that, uh, Brian was available. Uh, fortunately, last year in some of the transactions, we were able to uh, acquire uh, X number of picks uh, that we felt this would not get in the way, but he would fill that hole perfectly with uh, experience, with size and strength, with face-off uh, uh, abilities, penalty killing abilities, and you know he, along with um, uh, Matt Martin and whomever we put on the other wing, uh, we would be able to utilize them, play them in different situations. Uh, you know, uh, not worry about them on the road or at home, and also the, the body, the size of the body, and you know the physicality that he has will also help. Uh, Matt and what he's done for us. So there were a lot of different reasons, uh, and Brian was the perfect one, was available, and we were able to get it. Lou, uh, size factor. You mentioned about size. A lot of our listeners have said that uh, the Leafs are too small, need to get bigger. Do you think they need to get bigger? Uh, well, we, we will be getting bigger. Uh, remember the, the, you know, how young some of our players are. They, they're going to be putting on weight. You know, when you say bigger, it's how you play. Uh, you play bigger. You get stronger as you mature. Uh, if there's something that is needed that we feel that uh, then, then it's on us to do that. But I think right now uh, uh, our size is not an issue. It's our speed. Uh, we don't want to lessen our speed. We don't want to 
uh, compensate, say, for size and strength and take away uh, the way we want to play the game and the style that Mike uh, Babcock and his staff has put together. So, you know, it, it's all a, it's a very touchy situation. It's a fine line sometimes. And, you know, we'll try and address it as it comes along. But right now, size and strength is not an issue at this point. Lou, you know how important, uh, how starved uh, Toronto hockey fans are for success, and uh, we're certainly, uh, speaking on behalf of the fans, we're th- certainly thrilled with, uh, with the progress that, uh, that you and Brendan and your staff have made so far. You have nothing but accolades uh, from us and, and most of Maple Leaf, uh, most Maple Leaf fans uh, are out there and certainly thrilled about that. Uh, uh, and how important... Is uh, is making the playoffs this year? Well, you know, in other words, the importance of making the playoffs is the same for thirty teams. So we can't, you know, get in the way of putting such an emphasis on it. There's nothing different. But what we cannot do, and we should not be doing right now, is thinking about playoffs. What we should be doing is concentrating on what we have been doing all year long getting our players to play the best they possibly can, developing them through the process, not getting ahead of ourselves. And, you know, if we're fortunate enough and we play well enough and we get in the playoffs, there's no question what a benefit it will be to the development and where we're going. But what we have tried to do all year long is get that process, not go slow intentionally or not speed it up, keep the normal process of the development when things don't go right or there are mistakes, you know, you, you, you sort of just correct them and you go forward. You know that you're going to be taking sometimes a half a step back, but it's, you know, you're going to go forward a step because of that. So the, the importance of it, it's significant to the, as I said, to 30 teams in the national hockey league, no less or no more to Toronto Maple Leafs, but where we are right now, the most important thing is the development and also finding out, and this is the most important point, finding out who the core players will be going forward that will be the foundation of this future. Lou, the defense. Uh, when is the right age or the age that they develop? I see that's the hardest position to play out of all of the positions in the NHL. And the defense seems to be the one that's criticized the most by Leaf fans. How do you well, develop you know, your defense? Uh, it's, it's, you know, and I, we understand that. I think that if you have to look at where our needs are, I think we're extremely, uh, you know, in-depth, uh, you know, up front. And yet defense, we're young. Uh, and, you know, but it's also an area that uh, is not the easiest to, you know, fill. I think that that's uh, something that's on us to try and, you know, see what we can do. Uh, if there was an opportunity to acquire a player that wasn't one that we developed, uh, then we would do that. And then it's a case of at the expense of the whole, you know, the words structure of the team because you have to still you still have a cap, you still have to work within the framework and putting a team together. But the, but we also have a couple of uh, young fellows and. Uh, in the minors, that uh, we'll see how quickly they come along. They have a tremendous potential, even though I hate that word potential, because <laughs> uh, that gets in the way sometimes. Uh, you, you know, you can't win with potential, uh, but they'll develop. Uh, but I, that, that's something we have to address. That's something that 
it could not uh, be uh, addressed, uh, you know, over this season, uh, you know, of the trade time because the players that potentially were available were really not the players uh, for us for what we're trying to do. So, yes, it's it's an area where we recognize it. And, you know, now it's up to us to do something, you know, about it at the appropriate time. Uh, we're talking to Lou Nanny New. We, thank, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, before we let you go, just uh, one, one last question for me and uh, uh, sort of a similar. We had Lou Nanny on the show last Sunday. We sort of asked him a similar question. Uh, and Austin Matthews is a big part of this discussion. Uh, this almost seems like, and we know that you've been heavily involved in, in U.S. hockey your entire life. Um, it seems like the U.S. is heading into a golden age of hockey. Um, We've got Matthews, Eichel, Johnny Hockey, and a whole bunch of brilliant young stars. Um, and what's happened to hockey in the United States? It's really, it seems like it's gone to a different level. Well, I, I think, you know, we have North American hockey that's really uh, something, you know, special. Uh, uh, expansion is what really uh, allowed, you know, the booming of uh, U.S. hockey to specifically answer that question. I think the players that you see coming from a lot of different markets, uh, college hockey is at the highest level of players. You can talk about, uh, you know, uh, young Goodrow, uh, you know, came out of Boston College. Uh, Eichel came out of Boston University. So college hockey in the States is, is at a higher level right now. Um, years ago, college hockey players were going in at uh, 16 and 17. Now they're going in at 18 and 19, uh, you know, sometimes 20, and they're more prepared uh, when they come out. Um, so I, I think it's just expansion to answer the question specifically and really the uh, commitment of some of these programs on 12 months. Players are, you know, just playing hockey all year long. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I don't know where they're going to peak. Uh, I'm a believer that uh, you should play other sports also, um, but the the uh, skills that they have uh, at the young age is just incredible. Anyways, Lou, we uh, we've been talking to Lou Nanny. We, Lou uh, Lamarillo. <laughs> Lou Lamarillo. I apologize. We had Lou Nanny last week. I apologize. Uh, That's all right. He's a good. He's a good <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> Anyways, Lou, you know this is. Uh, we, we really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning and your busy schedule. Uh, our listeners love uh, love listening to you. That we really appreciate the work that you and Brendan and your entire staff have, and you've brought you've brought a buzz back to the Air Canada Center. It's it's fun watching the Toronto Maple Leafs play again, and it's and it's really a pleasure to have hope in the future once again for all us diehard Leaf fans. Thank you so much. I can't say how much we appreciate this. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank nice. you. Thanks, Lou. That, of course, was Lou Lamorello, and, uh, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, uh, parting shots, Naz. Certainly, um, you know, uh, when Lou came here um, I and with Brendan... Um, we we never thought you know they'd be able to turn it around this quickly. Um, you know they had a plan. It's been called the Shanna the Shanna plan uh, in in different ways. They've stuck to it. They've been disciplined. Uh, they didn't do anything stupid at the trade deadline like some previous general managers have done. Uh, and I'm really um, uh, the one thing I will compliment them for is their their discipline and their. Um, and sticking to a plan. They said they were going to do it. They've done it. They, you know, they shipped out a lot of salary. 
they brought a new, uh, you know, a new attitude, new players. Kessel's gone. Fanuf's gone. Uh, all that salary was freed up. We've got Austin Matthews, who's an absolute force, who's going to be a star in this league for many, many years. Mitch Marner's an absolute delight to watch play. Nylander's highly skilled. We've got Zaitsev. We've got a guy in the nets now who can, who can stop at the puck most nights. Uh, and you know what? You've got to give credit where credit is due. Brandon, know, he, he, Brandon and Lou and, and, their, and their staff and Mark Hunter and Dubas. Uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, it's easy. To, it's always been easy to be critical. Uh, but when, when you, when you've got to, when you've got to, um, compliment people for doing an outstanding job, you have to do that as well. Now, hopefully they can get a Scott Stevens and a Scott Niedermeyer <laughs> on their team. And then we're set the two defensemen well, they need. You know, but you know what? I, he knows it because it's very difficult to get defensemen. Very difficult. And he said it, like Lou said it. That's where the least weakness is. And they know where the least weakness is. Yeah, so. well, they're not, you know, franchise defensemen are not, yeah, they're not they're that not, easy to come by. You literally have to draft them because nobody gives them up. Or, you know, maybe, maybe, the, uh, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins are, are the model or maybe the Washington Capitals are the model where they don't have, uh, you know, they don't have that number one, I mean. Well, Pittsburgh has Latang. They've got right? Latang, but Latang's not a Doughty. Latang's not a Weber. He's not a Brett. Uh, he's not a Burns. I mean, I mean, maybe the, the way to go, if you can't get that number one stud defenseman, then you get a whole lot of good twos and threes, uh, and you win the Stanley Cup that way. But, uh, you know, brighter minds than ours, Naz, and those brighter minds are Brendan Shanahan and Lou Lamorello, and they'll figure it out, and they're certainly on the right path. And uh, certainly, yeah. a, certainly a pleasure to talk to it Lou Lamorello. It was great. He answered every question. I mean, he didn't yeah, back off, except he didn't want to talk about himself. He didn't want to talk about like himself. That. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's always we, we do sports a little bit differently on this, on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, and we like, to, we like to show the human interest part of it as too. We want to make these sports uh, legends uh, we'd like to humanize them at time and make make uh, make our listeners uh, uh, see a different dimension too. But uh, Lou didn't want to go down that road. He sounds like he's a humble man and didn't want to talk about himself. And uh, I I respect that yeah, absolutely. No, me too. Anyways, it's time for our break, and uh, we'll be right back after the break with another U.S. hockey legend, Henry Boucher. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when they got up in my grill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerotti with two toppings per, plus ten chicken wings, I say for sure. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. That's $19.99, a deal, for real, a steal. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Yo, visit pizzaville.ca or pound 3636 from your cell phone, word. If you live and breathe basketball, Saturday's just got a whole lot better. Brand new to Yes TV, the Canadian Basketball League is a new home of great basketball action in Canada. Playing every Saturday on Yes TV. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the full coverage live every Saturday at 8 p.m. on Yes TV. 
Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto and those large office towers and condo towers are bothering your signal, uh, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM, and I guarantee you'll have a crystal clear signal. We're pleased to welcome to the uh, Nazawali Sports Hour, Minnesota hockey legend, U.S. hockey legend, Henry Boucher. Good morning, Henry. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. I appreciate being on the show. Oh, it's it's a pleasure to have you, Henry, and and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, uh, we've been it's been two weeks in a row. We've talked a little bit of Minnesota hockey. Last week uh, we had Lou Nanny on the show, and uh, certainly he's he uh, he reminded us uh, how passionate uh, Minnesotans are about uh, about their hockey. And uh, and uh, you're a native. Uh, na- Native uh, son of Minnesota from War Road, uh, Minnesota, and uh, when and you're you've been described as the most electrifying player in Minnesota high school hockey history. Uh, certainly, uh, yeah, well, that's, that's quite a that's quite a comment. I, I you know I appreciate that, and it's good to be remembered when you get old like I am. Uh, you know, Louie was my teammate with the Minnesota North Stars, and certainly, uh, you know, I appreciate. Uh, you know, all the comments and stuff, but, uh, yes, I am, a, also a Canadian. I, you know, I'm, a, a, uh, from Northwest Angle band 37 and in Ontario. And, uh, uh, I'm a dual citizen. So it's, it's been, it's been a good ride. Uh, Henry, uh, um, you know, you obviously, uh, have been, uh, working on, uh, some issues that are important to you, which is of course, Native American issues. And, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, about, uh, a movie that you're working on about, uh, uh, Native, uh, Native American, uh, sports figures, Olympians, and what story are you trying to tell those so that, uh, Everybody understands the uh, the sporting contributions of, of of Native Americans. Well, yeah, I'm a filmmaker now. Uh, I, you know, we've we've been involved with several movies, and uh, uh, my passion, I guess, right now would be I'm focusing on Native American Olympians. Uh, you know, they haven't been brought to the forefront ever, and uh, certainly I. You know, we have uh, 
a documentary, 21-part series documentary uh, on Native American Olympians, and then I also have uh, Boucher Films Limited Canada, and we're doing 17 up there. So uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do is, is uh, bring to the forefront, uh, you know, our, our culture, our, our heritage, our, our, you know, our, our ways uh, uh, to film. And, you know, it's been, it's been uh, you know, a, a long ride. It's been a passion of mine for some years. And certainly we uh, want to uh, uh Bring these uh, Olympians and you know from both con- both countries or North America into into film and and you know it's uh, you know they're from all sports whether it's uh, you know uh, track and field or marathons or or basketball or hockey but you know certainly uh, you know we'll get through this series and and put it out there and. Uh, uh, you know, it's a long road. It's it's tough. You know, like Steven Spielberg did uh, Lincoln, you know, and he'd researched it for 12 years. So, you know, it takes some time to put your uh, thoughts together, your your research, and, and of course, uh, you know, your budgets together to, to do these films. And uh, uh, we're in pre-production right now to uh, start filming and in uh in june this year and uh, we'll knock them out here but uh it's a passion of mine and i think you know it's not only great family entertainment it's uh you know will boost our our you know our and motivate our kids to uh uh to you know to to the next level and and whatever that may be but uh certainly it's 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 you know, motivational type series. It's family entertainment. It's great that uh, you know we bring our our heritage and our culture to the forefront. Henry, yeah, you broke into the NHL. I think it was in '71 with uh, Marcel Dion at the same time, right? How was it coming into Detroit playing as a rookie? Well, I tell you what, I had a. Uh, it's kind of interesting because it's uh, you know I when I was ten years old we we sold candy for our hockey association up in War Road Minnesota and uh, we got to go ahead and the top three salespeople got to go to Winnipeg and watch the Detroit Red Wings uh, play the Toronto Maple Leafs and of course you know we watch hockey night in Canada on Wednesday and, and Saturday and. You know, uh, tried to emulate uh, some of the players, and, and it was the first time I ever saw an NHL game in Winnipeg at the Winnipeg Arena, and it was fabulous. It was, you know, how they moved the puck, how they, you know, the goaltenders played, and you know how they broke out and all this stuff, and and you know, it, it you know, it was amazing. So, if you fast forward that for ten years. When I first wore a Red Wing uniform, we were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> um, you know, I saw Dave Keon down there. Jacques Plant was in the net. It was, uh, I was so nervous. And, you know, I'm sitting across the locker room with Alex Del Vecchio. And, uh, 
you know, Mickey Redman, Marshall, those guys, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're there. It was, it was, it was an amazing moment. And, and, uh, you know, dreams do come true. So you, you know, you just gotta, just gotta, you gotta chase them. Play, play, you know, play your, play your levels and uh, as you grow. And, uh, I was fortunate to play in, in the, you know, after, you know, I played with the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the Western League and then I got drafted in the United States Army, so I had to play with the U.S. team during that time. And international hockey was great at the time. We played against the Russians nine times. Wow. And uh, never, you know, never came any closer than seven to five. Wow. They could just move the puck. They, you know, they were well-conditioned, uh, we played the game a little different back then. Henry, uh, you just you just talked about your dreams of being a hockey player and uh, your your fond recollections of your of your early days with the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, and I remember uh, last week uh, when Naz, uh, my co-host, called me up and said, uh, "I want to interview. Let's interview Henry Boucher." And of course, I remembered the name Henry Boucher. And I, the, the the one picture that always sticks out in my mind about you. Henry's, of course, the the, the headband that uh, that used to play for is the days before helmets, and you 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 were obviously very distinctive on the ice. But I want to take it the discussion into the, into the area of dreams, and the reality is, it made me look back into the Henry Unez called me. It made me look back into your story, and it made me uh, remember um, an episode that uh, took away your dream. In an episode that the that the NHL should just should still be ashamed of uh, was it was of course when your when your career was taken away from you by a brutal act of Dave Forbes, which quite frankly in today's NHL uh, would probably I mean they don't have the concept of lifetime suspensions, but uh, he was, certainly would have got a lot more than the ten games he got away with back in 1974. Uh, you're, you're, you, you were an electrifying player, Henry. Your career got taken away from you for all the wrong reasons. Um, did you learn anything from that? And is, does the bitterness still, uh, how did you deal with the bitterness? Well, you know, I had bitterness for quite some time. And, uh, you know, you have to realize that, you know, uh, forgiveness is probably the, the hardest thing to do. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, at the, at that point when, you know, when Forbes hit me with, with the butt of the stick coming out of the penalty box, that, you know, I was 23 years old, um, you know, and I played for another year and a half. So I retired out of Colorado who are now the New Jersey Devils. Um, I was, yeah, I was pretty bitter. I, I, you know, I just couldn't understand. I, you know, I, we called the National Hockey League. We called the Players Association. We called everybody, but nobody would help. And I just want to remind our, for, to our listeners who don't – sorry sorry to interrupt, Henry. But for our listeners who don't remember what happened, uh, it was an incident in a game where you, got, you and Dave Forbes were in the penalty box, and you came out of the penalty box, and he just – he took his butt end of his stick and just rammed it into your eye. Uh, I, I just want her, you know, it's, it's a long time ago, um, and I just want our listeners to remember what happened. 
uh, way back when. Do you feel do you feel that the NHL properly supported you or that the NHL still properly supports you? No. No, there's no question that they you know, they try to protect their their name, uh, they try to protect their their series. It, it took the the prosecuting attorney from Hennepin County saying, Hey, what the hell is going on here? Uh you know, can you can you justify by giving him a, a ten game suspension uh, by by saying uh, you know that's okay? You know, and they were we were on television back in Boston, we had television here in the Midwest. Um, you know, it, it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, can you can you are you are you telling us that? These kids who are playing minor hockey, that they can do that to somebody and not take the responsibility. I mean, uh, I think the player should be out, uh, you know, when he steps over the line like that. He should be out as long as the injured player. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And, and, you know, there's been incidents after that, and it, it took them the National Hockey League, uh, years and years and years to, uh, you know, to give bigger fines and and penalties, but still they haven't really cleaned up their act. Have you, Henry, have yeah. you been compensated you yourself by the NHL? Pardon me? Have you been compensated yourself by the NHL? No, I had, uh, I had to sue Dave Forbes, the Boston Bruins, and the National Hockey League. And it took us five years to get compensated. And then they settled. We settled out of court. I took it over 30 years. Um, you know, I still get contacted by different people uh, regarding uh, injury and stuff like that with the National Hockey League. Uh, we all had, you know, that, that type of, of treatment, I think, through... You know, probably through the 2000s. And, uh, you know, now they're finally realizing, hey, we got to do something about it. But, um, you know, a cold act of, of uh, an intent to injure, uh, you know, back then in the 70s was, was nothing. Ten game suspension. Yeah, it was part of what they considered to be part of hockey back in those days, you know. Fortunately, it's right. pro- it's progressed somewhat. We still got a way to go, uh, but uh, 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 Henry, I just uh, we just got a couple of minutes left, and I just want to get your comment, uh, and then we'll finish it off on, on something a little bit more positive. Um, you're a full-blooded Ojibwe uh, Native American from from Ontario. From Ontario. Uh, and one of the, one of the and I, I really do I want to take this opportunity to get your thoughts on this. Um, one of the uh, controversial issues in 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 North American sports for the last little while has been team names and team symbols, which um, some native which is, some Native well, Americans may perhaps most Native Americans find offensive. Redskins, Indians, well, Braves. How do you feel about that, Henry? 
Well, I'm the vice president of the National Coalition against against uh, 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 against racism in sports and media here in the United States, and we certainly you know have an issue with that. Uh, I think that uh, you know when you when you look at uh, when I bring my grandson to a, a game, a Redskins game, um, you know they're they're embarrassed because you know you get these idiots up there talking about, uh, um, you know, and dressed like the Redskins. You know, they're, they're painted red. They get these tricky figure headdresses on and all this bullshit. And it embarrasses the kids. Uh, my grandkids, you know, and they, they're going, geez, I'm scared of these guys. Um, you know, that, that's an issue that's always going to be there, you know, where, where you have... Uh, uh, you know, that type of, uh, denigrating, uh, issues with, you know, American or worldwide, basically, uh, aspects of, of, uh, you know, your culture. And, and it's certainly, it's hard on us. It's hard on the kids. Uh, they don't understand. I mean, they're, they're embarrassed. They're, they're, uh, you know, their their feelings are hurt, and they're, they're just scared. Um, uh, Henry, unfortunately, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I have to apologize, Henry. Unfortunately, uh, I've got to. We've run out of time, and this is a very important topic. Topic, and we promise we want to get you back to talk about this. And we want to finish. We want to finish it on this. You're doing some tremendous work in your community. You're trying to tell the, the stories of Native Americans so that we all become aware of them. And all I can say is, Henry, we, we thank you so much for, uh, for spending the time this morning with us, for uh, certainly letting our listeners know the Henry Boucher story and some of the tremendous work that you're doing. And, and, uh, and we certainly, uh, we promise, we want to get you back and we want to explore some of these issues further. Henry, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you, thank you so much. And, and go to henryboucher.com. You can buy my book there. Certainly will. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Thanks again, Henry. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was uh, Henry Boucher, and unfortunately, uh, uh, we're, we're we're sort of running out of time. Uh, we're backed up on breaks. We're going to go to we're going to go to break now, our second break of the show, and then we'll be right back after the break to wrap it up. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with twenty-four slices for just twenty-four dollars. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, go, go. So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. CBLTickets.com is how you get your family up close and in the action. Canada is the new home for up-and-coming basketball talent. Good players, great basketball, international rules. Watch the Canadian Basketball League and make an exciting sports night for the whole family that won't break the bank. Go to cbltickets.com and purchase tickets starting as low as $15.50. cbltickets.com. Give the gift of basketball. 
At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Uh, Naz, we've got uh, we've got three and a half minutes left. Um, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, we're in March. Uh, we're down to the what they call, I guess, the uh, the short strokes. Uh, wasn't wasn't the greatest week for the Leafs. Their their West Coast swing. Um, this team has difficulty holding on to a lead. Um, certainly, I would estimate they gave gave away two points that they could have earned. Um, they're, I guess, technically not in a playoff spot this morning. They're. Uh, they're definitely four, not in the spot. They're not in the spot. They're uh, four points behind Boston, if I'm not mistaken. With two one, behind the Islanders, and two behind the, the Islanders for the wild card. So um, they've got to come back from the West Coast, and they've got to go on a little streak. Um, yeah, they're playing some teams they can really beat. So it's time to beat them and move on. Yeah, but this is uh, playing teams that you can really beat and beating them. Are two yeah. different things, well, as team, you're aware. The other teams are doing it. And uh, and March hockey uh, tends to be different than November hockey. Um, I, I think for the first time now, because we're down to the last 15, 16 games of the season, uh, or however many games that are left, um, this may be the first time this year that the Leafs are facing a little bit of pressure. Uh, as they've said, uh, as they say in uh, Vegas, they've been playing with house money up until now. Now they've been talking about them making the playoffs for a month and a half or so. Uh, they had themselves in a position to make the playoffs. The expectations of the fan base have gone up a little bit. Um, we've we've talked about them being in the playoffs. So there's, I, I would I'd suggest to you, Naz, that maybe there's a little bit more pressure on them now. Um, and things are going to get a little bit tougher. But I don't think the fans will be unhappy if they don't make the playoffs. No, I, I mean... I think I'm, they'll be happy with the development of the team. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. But um, the, uh, the I, I think to a certain extent the fans would be somewhat disappointed. Uh, oh, sure. Not, not, sure would not be critical. Nice. Sure would be nice. I don't think anybody's going to, going to be critical. Nobody's going to blame anybody. Uh, but uh, it'd be nice to have a little playoff run, a little bit of excitement, especially with these... With these uh, with these kids, because once they make the playoffs, we're, you're back playing with house money again, as they say, because then there's no pressure on them. They've made the playoffs. So I, I'd love to see Matthews and Marner and Nylander and, uh, 
and uh, Kadri and JVR uh, give somebody a go in the first round of the playoffs. I, I, I really look forward to that. And, uh, and don't put it past them. You know, Anderson gets, gets a little bit hot in net. This, this team can surprise some people, but they, you know, they've, they've got to get over the hump. And well, here's the two spots they could be in on a playoff position. They're either going to be eighth as a wild card and play the Washington Capitals in the first round, or they're going to be third in the division and they'll play the Ottawa Senators likely in the first round. One scares me more than the other. <laughs> I think maybe the Capitals or yeah. the Senators they can take. Yeah. The, uh, the, the the ha- take they take. can take the Senators. They can take the, ha- uh, not, the Habs. Uh, you, know, you know what, Bergeron, you know, you know changing coaches works. I mean, uh, you know, look, they're on, they, they're on, they're on, uh, on a five-game run. Anyways, Naz, we've got to go. Last words. Uh, big week for the Leafs. Uh, go get them. Go get them. Anyways, uh, to all our listeners, have uh, have a fantastic week. Uh, drive safely, be healthy, and we'll be back again next Sunday morning at 9 a.m. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.